0: Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, Brothers and sisters in Christ, it is good to be back. It was a fun week that I had off up in the north woods of Minnesota. No, I didn't get a deer, uh, but that's, like Dan said, that's not why I go. I, I get my eaten deer here in Iowa, because if you get the ones in northern Minnesota, they taste like pine cones and sticks and stuff, and here they taste like corn, and it's amazing. So it's just better to get them here anyways. Um, we are starting this brand new mini series inside the overall series. The overall series is what he said, and this series is what he said about faith. So, we're going to have just a couple of weeks talking about what God says about faith. And as Dan was saying, um, specifically Noah's ark today, we're going to talk about Noah and his faith. And um, when Dan said, you know, we don't talk about this other part that's no good, the part that we don't like talking about or thinking about. <laughs> Why my watch does that? I thought you were going to say, all oh, the poop. <laughs> I mean, can you There's a lot of poop on that boat. They were shoveling poop. I can't even get my mind around that. But um, we would be used to it here in Iowa because it just smells like that every fall. So... Uh, So the text we have in front of us today is from Genesis chapter 6. Uh, We're starting at verse 13, going through verse 21. This is not the whole story, but a section of the story you're probably familiar with, but we're going to take it apart and look a little bit closer today. So this is chapter 6, verse 13 through 21. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh, make it with lower second and third decks for behold i will bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh in which is the breath of life under the earth under heaven Sorry. everything that is on the earth shall die but i will establish my covenant with you and you shall come into the ark you your sons your wife and your sons' wives with you and of every living thing of all flesh Noah did this, he did all that God commanded him. This is the word of the Lord. Brothers and sisters in Christ, when it comes to faith and what God says about it, uh, oftentimes the word faith is not necessarily even included in the text. And we're going we're to touch base on that a little bit. But faith is often described in the actions and events that we find in both the Old and New Testament. So next couple of weeks, we are going to do that. We're going to look at some of the actions and stuff, some of the things that are said, of course, but we find faith described to us, but sometimes I think we make this confusion between the things that we do and the things that we have faith in, or the things that we believe and the things that we have faith in. So we're going to draw out some of that dichotomy today. In English, those words don't work very well. We, We tend to just use them interchangeably, right? I believe in God or I have faith in God, we kind of think that's the same thing. Well, faith is a very specific thing that I'd like you to have in your head as a specific word um, and then believe you can use in different ways. But when we have faith, we're talking about something unique, specific, and different. Okay, And what God is telling us in our text this morning is important about faith. First, um, the thing that you'll notice is that faith is something that is, that is a precursor to the, the, the stuff, the action, the things that Noah is doing, and even the, the hard times of the flood. We got joking around about all the poo in the, in the ark, but still, tough times. Be stuck in a boat like that, and, and all the world being destroyed like that, those are tough times. But Noah had faith a long time before that began. So faith, the first thing we learned today is faith is something uh, to have before you need it. Have faith before you need it. And the good news is this is almost always the case. But remember, faith, faith comes to us from God. God gives to us faith. It's his action, not ours. And see, that's, that's one of the distinctions between what, what I'm using as like believe or trust or whatever you might think over here and faith. Faith is something that comes externally to us. God says to Noah, God speaks to Noah, God does all of these things to Noah, and Noah already has faith. And he gets to work on the ark long before the flood. We don't really know how long it took. We don't really know how long it takes to build this gigantic boat. It's over a football field long. It's like a football and a half, football field and a half long, wide, about four stories or so tall. It's huge. And we don't know that Noah had to do it just by himself, right? Solomon built a temple. That doesn't mean Solomon did all of the work. Noah could have had other people that he hires or or works with or trades with, whatever it might be, to assist him building the boat. But no matter what, this was not a Noah had faith for a week, and by the end of the week, he also had boats. <laughs> That's not how it works. He probably spent 50 to 75 years we don't really know for sure. We, we kind of know it was about 100 to 120 years between when, when God said to Noah this thing is going to happen and then the flood happening. We, we know that just kind of because how old Moses is. And if you, if you read it, you'll kind of go, okay, I can, get, I can see that. But it's probably 50 to 75 years. Somewhere in, in that ballpark is how long it took. He had to believe that entire time. He had to believe what he was doing was what god called him to do he had faith in the god who told him to do it see that's the key he had faith in who god is and what god what god has done for us he had faith in a god who created all things and faith in a god who can recreate all things and it's because of his faith that he continued to have what we're going to kind of term as believe, believe in what you're doing, meaning having some confidence in what you're doing, having some, oh, I don't know, energy, hope, trust that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And, and that's important. He, he believed in what he was doing. He believed in the building. But if he didn't, he, he would stop. He would He would simply quit. And there was probably a ton of cases where, where he felt like it, where, you know, people are, who are helping him with the boat or where he's sourcing the timber, they're like, so, you know, <laughs> it doesn't look like rain, and it hasn't for the last 25 years. You maybe you just want to stop? Like, what, is, what are you doing? There's plenty of opportunities for him to, to no longer believe in what he is doing but he continues to do it because he has faith. Faith is something supernatural. Faith is something that's outside of us. Like I said, I think we use it too often, just kind of toss it out there. We have faith in, in the U.S. dollar. We have faith in this. We have faith in that. We should keep the word faith as just a supernatural word. Something that doesn't apply to anything but our relationship with a divine creator and a a redeemer sent to this earth. But this have it before you need it. Oftentimes what what we see, young people, um, some of you were young people once. (laughs) I was a young person once. Many times young people raised in the church tend to drift a little bit. And it happens, right? You go to college and and there's lots of things to do on the weekend. There's all kinds of distractions. There's lots of work to do. They may drift a little bit from those things that they believe. But the faith is there. The evidence of that is when the storm comes, when the storm arrives. And sometimes the storm is, is a catastrophic thing, traumatic thing. Often it's a joyful thing. A, a child is born. Great. We, young couple has a kid. It's, it's a joyful thing, but it's a storm. <laughs> it's a storm of, of diapers and bottles and sleepless nights and all of these things. And we see those young couples coming back to what they believe. The disciplines and the actions, the stuff, coming back to church, back to Bible study, back to those things. It's not as though they lost faith and no longer believed in this supernatural divine creator. They just got out of their disciplines and habits because there's other things distracting them. Sure, there was other things distracting Noah, but his faith was great. And So it's important to have the faith before the storm comes. Have have the faith before you need it, but I want to reassure you You have it. (laughs) If you have been baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, he has placed faith in you. Unless you have come to a place where you have rejected it and said, I don't believe in that, and and truly publicly decried who God is, faith is yours, you're just just not very good at believing it (laughs) and, and taking action on it. So, first thing is, faith is something you have before you need it, And faith is something that brings you through and not around. Common misconception when it comes to faith. Believing in God does not make your life easier. Having a faith in Christ Jesus as true God, true man, died for our sins in the grave, raised from the dead, ascended into heaven, Holy Spirit poured upon us does not mean... Life now will be better. If that were the case, then Noah just needed to believe a lot, and it wouldn't have rained. He just needed to have lots of faith, and there would be no flood. That's not the case. As we believe and as we have faith, those two things, as, as we have this relationship with God that he establishes with us, and do those believing things that we do each day, the world still is full of sin know, as, as Dan points out, it's not in our text this morning, but after the flood, um, the Lord says, I'm never going to do this again because I see that men's hearts are sinful from birth. Sin will always be a part of this world. There will always be struggles. There will always be evil. There will always be drought and, and floods and suffering. All of those things are, are still going to happen, not on the grand scale that happened at Noah's flood, But evil will still exist, and people will still sin. People will sin against you, and you will sin against people. This is going to continue to happen. Faith doesn't mean you get to avoid those things. But rather, faith gives you the opportunity to kind of get in a boat and go through it. And, I, and I'm sure that it was scary at times. <laughs> so the waves are hitting the boat and it's rocking and there's, there's critters everywhere and it, it's dark. And, and the things you have to be concerned about on a boat, especially one made all of wood <laughs> while you're trying to cook and, and light with fire, all those things, that's, that's a lot of things to worry about. It wasn't easy being on the ark. It wasn't a cruise ship. Right? It wasn't, Noah wasn't kicked back on the deck with a margarita and and having some guy bring him, you know, some food and hop in the the water, get a little swim. That's not how it worked. It was rough. When you have faith, it doesn't mean you get to avoid the difficult things. And this is, again, really common amongst our culture and society, real common amongst Christians today looking to avoid the difficult things, looking to avoid the challenging stuff, looking to, to just not have to deal with it, not have to have that conversation, not have to, to do those difficult things. It's just, we just want it to be easy. And that's, that's sin in our hearts trying to get us off of the discipline of believing to corrode the faith that God has given to us. In fact, I would say it's, it's more common in, in my experience working with people, especially Christians and young Christians or new Christians, whatever it might be, that as, they ha, as they've been given faith and they do more believing stuff, things get harder. Things always get harder. And the reason is, is those good things to do when you're believing, when, when you're doing those things, Good things. People outside of the church will criticize and press. We, we said this. What he said about resistance, all those weeks. Those those things are going to come at you, and you start to realize the benefits of doing these things are this future-oriented reality. But doing those things right now is hard. It's difficult to do, which brings us to our next point: faith. Looks. Oh, I'm sorry. I had, a, I had a verse on this. I do want to touch on this verse. Genesis 6:17. Through, not around. Um, we just read this. For behold, I will bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, which is the breath of life under heaven. Everything that is on the earth shall die. When he says, um, you, you have faith, he gives Noah faith. Noah believes. All of that's happening. He doesn't stop this from happening. He doesn't take Noah and his family to a secluded place with a nice beach front, right, where everything else is flooded, but he's got land and all the animals he needs on this land. No, he's going to be a part of the flood, but he's going to be preserved in the midst of the flood. Faith can preserve us in the midst of the storm, but it's not going to remove the storm. Now we'll go to our next point, which is it looks to the end. Let's do the verse right off the bat. But I will establish my covenant with you and you shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your son's wife with you. I point this out because he says all of these things are going to happen. It takes 100 years before it does happen. All of this 50 to 75 years of work to build the ark and the Lord says, and I will establish my covenant with you. It doesn't come until after. The the promise of God, the relationship established, the the good thing that's at the end is at the end. So so faith, what it does is it, it causes us to look towards the end and see today in our peripheral, right? To look to where we are going, to keep our eyes placed on the result. For Noah, that result was this covenant, and and to fulfill God's word, to populate all the earth, all of those things, that was his. Ours is the resurrection. We keep our eyes always on the resurrection, but today is in our peripheral. So if, if you keep your eyes on day to day too much, if you focus here too much, you can lose track of where you're going. I mean, I sorry that the, the analogies that always come to mind are like the thing I just did. So when you're in the woods hunting, <laughs> there's, there's some benefit to looking right at your feet, right? Make sure you're not tripping, you're on a trail, or you're, you're watching where you're placing your foot. But if you don't keep your eyes up, you may be off by 20, 30 degrees and end up way in the wrong place. And often because it's, there's something in front of you, a, a deadfall tree or something, and you, and you go around and you just kind of miss, because you're focusing right here, your actual direction. Instead, when I walk the woods, I like to keep my eyes on the horizon. It's as simple as that. It, it, people get lost in the woods. They say, if, if you kind of know the horizon, you can see there's really tall trees over here. Well, there's a hill over there. <laughs> That's how the, the trees got taller. Or there's seems like there's a space in trees up there. Where I hunt, that would be a bog, right? Oh, that's where the edge of the bog is. I can keep that over here, and I keep those tall trees over here, and I know right where I am. But I have to keep my eyes up to do that. I can still see the ground peripherally. I'm not missing the deadfall in front of me, but I'm keeping my eyes up in front, in front of us. Keeping our eyes on the resurrection from the dead is critically important to the faith and what God says about faith. We're not finished products until we're raised from the dead. We aren't complete, fully sanctified in the the nerdy words of, of theologians. We aren't perfectly holy. We're not sinless. We're not any of those things until we're raised from the dead That that includes anybody all the way up to the age 89, 90, 95 years old, still has disciplined, believing work to do and has to have their eyes on the resurrection. So when we think about faith, we think of it in terms of what God has promised us to do. So God has promised Noah of this covenant after this incredible event, this crazy storm, and he not only does his believing work of getting the critters on the boat, feeding them, feeding his family, feeding everybody, he's doing all those day-to-day things, he has the faith to know that at the end of this storm, God will give to him and God will fulfill his promise. We believe, no matter what happens in this life, no matter how bad the storm gets, We have faith that at the end of it, we have the resurrection. That's what continues to keep us going. So these are all three principles of what God says about faith to Noah. Usually the sermon's done at three points. (laughs) And I go, we have to have one more point. And actually I'm doing it kind of in a different order. Because faith is often, like I said, kind of confused with the disciplines, with the believing. Noah's believing discipline work, pretty straightforward. Build a boat. Use this kind of wood, this pitch, basic instructions, do these things. And so a lot of the the text is do these things, and a lot of the sermon has been do these things so far. Obviously, I'm not telling you to build a boat. (laughs) Tell you what to do in just a minute. But it's really important to understand this part of faith. That God says, I'm just using what I like to use in my vernacular, you do you. <laughs> you do you. Meaning, I'll do me. You do you, meaning God says you do this, but God is going to do so much more. Obviously the flood and, and all of those things, but look what he says here in verse 20. Of the birds according to their kinds, and of the animals according to their kinds, of every creeping thing of the ground according to its kind, two of every sort shall come into you to keep them alive. Shall come to you. God's going to do that. I think this is really important, and I think we slip right past it. We go, yeah, okay, so God brought all the animals to Noah, and they went on the boat. Right, exactly, but was Noah concerned? All that time, while he's doing what he's supposed to do—hammering nails and wood together, and pitch, and, and buildings—is he fretting the entire time? Like, how am I going to find all these animals? Many, like, do I trap them? Like I can't hunt them because if I kill them, then put them on the ark—that doesn't work. Like what do I do? and Where am I going to go? I'm going to have to travel way over there to get that animal that lives only over. This is going to be so difficult. Nothing in the text suggests that he did or didn't, but I'm suggesting we do all the time. We get told what we ought to be doing, and then we fret and worry and, and are so stressed out about what God has promised to do. We spend our time there and even sometimes ignore the very simple build-the-boat instructions. The the build-the-boat instructions for us, super simple. We all know what they are. Pray, read scriptures, go to church, (laughs) worship God, love your neighbor as yourself. Really simple stuff. But how much of our time and how much of our mind is focused on all of these things we can't control. And and it it drives me crazy when I see people who are are so caught up in those things and and don't realize God never asked you to do that. God never requires of you to do what he's promised to do and also what only he can do. And the, the greatest illustration for this, the greatest manifestation of this is when God becomes man and does the one thing that no man could do, which is to take on the sin of the world. And I want you to think about this. The sinless man became sin. The one sinless man dealt with other people's sin. The one sinless man, Jesus, what he did on earth, his death and resurrection, ascension, all of that, the thing that he did is, is he... Managed, took care of other people's sin. Not you. You are not called to do that. You are not perfect. It is not your job to manage someone else's sin. It is not your job to fix someone else. It's not your job to fret and worry about what they have done wrong to you. Or what they have done wrong to somebody else. We, we use this idea all the time in therapy speak, which as you know, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of therapy, a big proponent of mental health stuff, and, and they just use different words to describe sin and the dynamic. When they say, you can't fix somebody, you can only worry about yourself. You can't manage somebody else's sin, but you can do what God has told you to do, and that's all self stuff. You read the Bible. You pray. You worship. You be in a small group. You do those things. And I know sometimes it's daunting because if we haven't been doing that for a long time, we think, well, how do we do that? Well, Omega Hour today after, after church, I'm going to run through how to read the Bible. It's going to be more simple than you think. And it's, it's for beginners. To People have been doing it forever. How do you read the Bible? It's super simple. It's going to be an easy, easy, quick tutorial. This is how you read the Bible. And then what do you do? Read the Bible. (laughs) You do it. How do I pray? Well, start by praying. (laughs) I'm even going to touch on that a little bit in the Omega Hour. Start by praying. Well, how do I worship? You come here and you worship. How do I be in a small group? You get in a small group. This is really very simple stuff, but, but we spend all of our energy trying to manage what other people have done or said or how they've hurt or offended That's the Lord's job, and he does it by the power of the Holy Spirit. I know it's the Lord's job, because he's never asked any of us, any of us, to deal with sin. That was done in Jesus, and only God can do it. Only God can do it. If there is a person who needs some Jesus, and we've all said, you need some Jesus, right? If a person needs some Jesus, then Jesus is going to give them Jesus, not you. You can do what you're required to do. You can love them. You can honor them. You can serve them. You can be kind to them. You can pray for them. You can do all of those things that you can do, but you can't fix sin. And this isn't bad news, meaning, well, I can't change anybody. That's not bad news. It's really good news. It's really good news because nobody asked you to do it. And you can stop worrying about it. And you can stop stressing about it. And you can just do you. Because what do you find when you have this mentality? What do you find when you focus on what God has taught you to do? Or what God has asked you to do? What you discover is that who you are has already been determined. And the things that you have to do, this praying for or this, this praying, this reading of scriptures, this worshiping, all of these things, what you'll discover is what God has done for you is love you. He's not demanding for you to change the world, to save the world, to stop the flood, to avoid the flood from happening, to change his plan, even really to discern his, his will for the things that are happening around you. What he's asked you to do is be in a relationship with him. That's why he died for your sins. He loves you so much, he wants you to be in a relationship, for you to know about him, for you to understand him a little bit better every day, for you to grow in that relationship. Christ died to fix that relationship with you, but he was raised from the dead to fix the world that is broken. That's faith. That's faith. Believing in the stuff that you're doing simply holds to that truth. What God has done for me and what he has promised to do for me at the end. Amen. May the peace which surpasses all human understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. As the kiddos come back in, um, just another quick reminder, Omega Hour starts a little bit about 10 minutes or so after church. We'll go for about 45 minutes. It's Like I said, we're never diving in too deep to any one thing, but you know, 45 minutes or so of how to read the Bible. It's super relaxed, casual format. We're not diving in deep to anything. Um, you can just simply ask questions if you want and, I'll do my best to answer them. Um, our children's church question of the day. Uh, this is, again, if you're still new here, still trying to figure out what this is, this is just a great question to ask the kids on the way home because they were talking about this. Um, if you don't have kids uh, on the way home, then it's great with your spouse. If you're here all by yourself, single, then talk to people out in the atrium about it. What has God, or has God proven himself to be faithful? And there's a couple of texts up there for, uh, for clues for that. So um, with that, uh, I'm going to have you all stand, and we will um, finish with our closing prayer and benediction. Heavenly Father, I thank you for today, um, for this opportunity to return to this house that I love so much, Um, the house that you have established here in this place, um, the church that you have granted to us. And I thank you for the faith that you have granted to us and that you have um, given to us in which to grow teach us every day, Lord, to believe and to do those faithful and blessed things more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Receive the benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give to you his peace. Amen.